Maa. Today we take up one of Sherbindo's long narrative poems, Urvashi. As we know, this is uh, this the story of Urvashi and Pururavas. It's uh, one of the most fascinating tales. Often people have, you know, most people don't know about it much. They know about Urvashi as an apsara. And we know how the word apsara is associated with not only uh, Indian thought nowadays, but also in cinema, you see them as just, you know, dancing and coming to destroy the Rishi's tapasya, sent by Indra out of jealousy, etc. But that's not how... uh, you know, one has to look at it. Now, before we proceed further, just a little bit about Apsara. So, in Indian thought, we see there is a progressive evolution of every energy. So, there is a crude, at at each level, we have accordingly corresponding um, expression of the same energy. Thus, for example, at a crude animal level, love takes the form of purely a sexual mating to have children. Then, at Rakshasi and Asuric level, it takes the form of complete possession and domination to the extent of crushing the other person. That's how an Asura loves. Asura's love is purely to devour. It takes the form of devouring and finishing the person. That's the way it unites with the loved one. Then there is the human love, which we all know there is... Human love is known for its variety of emotions. We see that in Urvashi. Very fascinating tale. Then there is a love which is between the human and the divine, which rises through celestial levels. And that's where we see a refined kind of love, which includes sublimated sexual desires and passions. And that's what the Apsara represents. So Apsara is not a being who just comes to anybody. It is, uh, you know... Uh, two kinds of beings, one were the sages and seers who had done tapasya and the other was um, the heroes, hero warriors. So we have in uh, Savitri a whole uh, canto, book 2, canto 9, Paradise of the Life God. So there we see the world where the heroes who have fought with night, who have battled against night and conquered and gone through it successfully, they are the ones who go into that paradise where they have all, there is a pure desire. Even desire is there, but it is purified. And then from there, they can ascend higher. It's a different thing that, you know, say uh, in in many of the uh, religious literature, now that is regarded as the highest heaven. But in Indian thought, that's not the highest heaven. One goes further and further. But it's something which intervenes between the human and the divine stage. So the story of Pururavas, as we know it, it is revealed, it is narrated in the Rig Vedas, so it's very ancient story. It's not just a legend. It's narrated in Shatpat Brahmana, which is one of the very authentic, beautiful spiritual literature. It's narrated in the Bhagavad Puran. It's narrated in Vishnu Puran. It's narrated in Matsya Puran. It has been immortalized by the pen of Kalidas, whom Shurabindo ranks after Homer, um, Valmiki, and Shakespeare. After that, Shurabindu ranks Kalidas as among the greatest of poets. And Shurabindu has translated some of his works and he has translated Kalidas Vikram Orvashi in full. 
and it's amazing i would strongly recommend people to read just the translation of shirbindo on vikram orvashi kalidas uh, two of the plays one is kumar sambhavam birth of the war god which is about the birth of kartike and the second is uh, vikram orvashi which shirbindo is completely translates an amazing amazing uh, story and when you read the narrative of kalidas which has been translated by shirbindo the language the because it's full of shringar ras it's about love but love of very very different kind not just love between two human beings but love of a celestial being and a human being and nolly da has dedicated a whole essay on uh, you know this poem and um, then shobindo not only translated he has written independently this poem called urvashi so you can understand its great uh, importance in the you know in understanding different aspects of spiritual evolution so urvashi as the story goes urvashi is a strange apsara in the sense that apsaras are born from the waters that's why the name comes apsara apas is waters so during the great churning of the ocean just as goddess lakshmi had emerged chandrama had emerged so also apsaras have emerged and they were given to the heavenly you know king uh, indra and they are beings of the midworlds so midworlds means they are with the gandharvas they know the art of dancing music and all these celestial arts and one thing about them is they don't uh, they don't have a sense of right and wrong and good and bad there are beings of the midworlds so don't live by that conception so whomever the apsara loves she loves fully purely and with truth but she cannot stay with one person this is how they are described and which is a very amazing kind of description so but wherever they are whenever they are their love is complete but by nature because they are celestial beings they have to go back there so this is how the apsaras are described but urvashi is not born from the waters urvashi is born from the thighs of narayana the sage when he is meditating this story we have talked about when indra sends tilotama who is the senior most apsara but uh, senior most means they don't age so she is <laughs> she is the most beautiful apsara so she comes and tries to entice um, or not entice is the wrong word basically they want to see whether you are ready to go beyond or not are you happy with celestial uh, happiness or not if you are um, uh, happy with it for the moment or whatever then you stay there then a time will come you will go beyond because the soul in man can never be happy with a halfway home so Tilotama is sent to Nar Narayana when they are doing tapasya, and Narayana watches the whole show, and then Tilotama says, "Indra has sent me as a gift to you, because you are a great sage." So sage says, "Oh, is it so?" Then he strokes his thigh, and out of his thighs comes out an even more beautiful maiden than from the waters during the churning. So he says, "Okay, from my side, you take this gift to Indra. I don't need." the gift from indra i can give him a even more better gift and she is urvashi because she is born from the ur the thighs of sage narayana so her birth itself is very different but once he goes she is the most beautiful damsel in heaven and we know that she also comes in the story of mahabharata urvashi when arjuna goes there and she falls in love with arjuna and arjuna refuses he says you are like my you know because indra is my father and uh, now you know chitrarath is my guru so i can't marry you because uh, we we are like sisters and brothers and she curses him to lose his manhood for one year 
and that's when he stays in Ajnatvas. So he comes at different points. But this story is of a time in Treta Yug when there is a king called Pururava. Now Pururava's lineage is from the goddess Ila and Buddha. Ila is very interesting goddess. She is a goddess of inspired speech. But she can be feminine and masculine. So you know we talk about androgyny and you know all these things today. She is one of the most ancient goddesses. But she can change from either from feminine to a masculine. So when she is feminine during that time she falls in love with Buddha. Buddha is the son of uh, the moon god Chandrama. And uh, Buddha and Ila, they get married and out of them is born Pururava. So Pururava starts a lineage upon earth which is called Chandravanshis. And much later you will see in Chandravanshis, uh, Krishna coming and many others, they are Chandravanshis. But Ila herself is a Suryavanshis, she is born of God, Surya and uh, uh, Sanjana. So you see it's very interesting lineage. And from Pururavas, the entire Kaurava and Pandava dynasty starts. So Pururava is the most ancient progenitor of the entire lineage, uh, which will you know later on go right up to the Kaurvas, Pandavas, and it will branch out into Krishna. You know, Krishna was Buas, uh, Kunti was his Buas. So that's how the whole lineage goes. So he is the originator of Chandravanshis. So as the story goes, so Pururava is a great warrior, and he is. Uh, as a human being, he is one of those king sages uh, in ancient times. And uh, hence, uh, Brahma, who is very pleased with him, gives him the all the three worlds to reign upon. Because, you know, he has participated in the uh, battle against the Asuras. So, he is uh, regarded as a, already, a, though he is a mortal, he is regarded as a celestial being. Because he has defeated the Asuras several times and Indra is also very happy with him. So, and so many times he gets an offer even to take the throne of Indra and he refuses. He says, no, 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 it's the Indra's power that flows through me. So he has humility and all these things are there in him. So once when, after one such battle, now that's where the narrative starts, even in Shurabindu's poem, he is returning to earth. So meanwhile, Urvashi, because she is born out of the Ur of Narayana who were doing tapasya on earth, so she has a attraction for earth and often her uh, other nymphs ask why are you attracted to earth isn't heaven so wonderful why do you like to go to earth and she keeps telling them that you don't know Our heaven is very boring place why because everything is very good happy you have only one or two emotions but on earth you have a range of emotions see celestial beings don't experience love the way human beings experience Say at, at a human level, you experience such a range of emotions which you don't find in, uh, you know, heavenly uh, uh, origins. So I go there secretly at night, they go and they uh, have a good time, then they go come back. Of course, Indra knows about it. So once when Pururava is coming down, suddenly he sees that one of the demons, Keshi, he tries to abduct uh, Urvasha because, Urvashi because he is very close now you know, to earthly nature and uh, all kinds of demons and all these beings are there. So when he tries to abduct her, that is the time uh, suddenly Pururava sees and he rescues her. Now the story, look at the delicacy of the story and the Shingaras. So while trying to save Urvashi from Keshi, their fingers touch Pururava's and Urvashi. 
एंड दैट टच ही कैरीज ऑल द वे टू हेवन एंड पुरवास टू द अर्थ एंड दैट टच इज एनफ टू ट्रिगर ए होल सेट ऑफ इमोशन दिस दे फॉल इन लव विद ईच अदर बट देन हाउ कैन ए अर्थली बींग एवर मैरी ए सेलेस्टियल बींग यू सी दिस दिस इज ए वेरी फैसिनेटिंग कंसेप्शन विच वी सी सेवरल टाइम्स वी सी फॉर एग्जाम्पल यू नो किंग शांतनु मैरिंग गंगा वी सी इन ग्रीक मिथोलॉजी एचलीस इज बॉर्न ऑफ ए मैरिज बिटवीन गॉडेस एंड ए ह्यूमन एंड वी हैव सेवरल सच काइंड ऑफ मिक्सड बींग्स बॉर्न अपॉन अर्थ ना ऑफकोर्स इट डजेंट मीन दैट सेलेस्टल बींग एज सच बट बींग टेकिंग ए मॉटल क्लोक बॉटल बॉडी so but they are in love with each other so once it happens that in the court of now again see how love starts working upon a human being but even celestial beings how they can be influenced so bharat is the you know bharat natya shastra who is the one who has originated all the natya shastra in uh, india we we ultimately go to the origin bharat's natya shastra and who is bharat he is the chief dramatist in indra's courts so in indra's courts uh, urvashi is the main dancer so she is like a lead role so she has to in a dance say purushottama lord vishnu and while saying purushottama she says pururavas because she is in love with him and the moment bharat hears he is overtaken by rage and he curses her that you are so much madly in love that instead of lord vishnu you are thinking of this king okay you go to uh, earth and lead a life there and you know that's what you deserve and you go there because you are so much fascinated by an earthly being so all the other nymphs are shocked but she says no no i know earthly emotions are much better now you see there why on earth you have a better kind of love this mother explains in one of the uh, stories of uh, anusuya that earthly beings have a psychic being which in other worlds you don't have now imagine bharat suddenly cursing because he has he has you know taken a mistake human beings won't do it because we have a psychic being we start thinking of you know considering no it's okay it happens so we have uh, karuna we have forgiveness all these things you won't find it in uh, these uh, celestial beings often when you look at the deeds even of indra you just wonder why why how can somebody behave like this now this because we as earthly being carry within us psychic being which has all the divine qualities which even celestial beings lack so she says i am fine with it i am cool with it i don't mind becoming a, a human being and marrying you know the one whom i love but indra who wants a back he says no no it can't be like that marriage between heaven and earth cannot be unconditional there have to be conditions so she lays down three conditions to pururavas and says that one i have two white rams which i love very much you know sheep that male sheep i love them and i want to take them with me so he says of course i can beat the gods and i can beat the titans so who will steal your rams in my presence so he so self assured he says yes you can take the rams okay and the second condition is we will never see each other without dress except when we are having a physical relation otherwise we will not see each other without clothes so she says okay that's fine with me so that's how she comes down to earth and his mother tillotma sends her and you know all that ceremony goes on and then they are married together and they beget uh, five children out of which the eldest one is ayush you know you are hearing about ayush mantra and all that it comes from there so ayush is the child of 
Pururavas and Urvashi. Now the story starts that they live not happily hereafter. But why? Because there is a spoiled sport upon earth. You cannot have the heavenly joys upon earth which are termless. And then you see the link between these three stories which Shrivindo has you know, used. One is uh, love and death. The second is uh, Urvashi. And the third is Savitri. All three are stories of earthly love. In love and death, it is earthly love between Ruru and Pramadwara. But it cannot enjoy forever. For that, Ruru has to sacrifice half his life. So it is purchased by giving away something. In Urvashi, it cannot enjoy forever on earth. So according to some narrative, they say that you know it was a tale, it's a tragic tale. Because after 7 years or 64 years, according to some, she has to go back. Though Shurabindu does not uh, accept that and um, there is another narrative in the Rig Vedas which is what Shurabindu takes up that no, they Pururavas ascends to heaven and they live happily thereafter. So they are united forever. Now union in love is regarded as the ultimate. But this union is still a failure because it's not during earthly embodiment. He has to abandon earth and then go there. So normally in a love story the end is union. So she, he has achieved union with uh, her beloved and she has achieved union with him and they will live happily hereafter till the next pralaya. So what more can one desire but Shurabindo takes it as a failure. It's not the ultimate love that he speaks about. So in Savitri, when Savitri is offered this boon, exactly the same like Pururavas, you come and live with Satyavan forever in that boundlessness. Savitri refuses. She says, no, our love is not for our own joy, but for a greater work upon earth. Together we have to work upon earth and bring that love, release those streams of, honey streams of immortalizing love here upon earth. And that cannot be, you know, how can you have love all alone by that? So there must be Satyavan and Savitri, the human soul and the Divine Mother or also it's a conjugal love. So only then can love divine can manifest upon earth and redeem earth. So Savitri is a complete victory. So between these three narratives we will see that two are incomplete partial victories and the third is complete victory because ultimately unconditionally in Pururavas there is a condition and a term. In Savitri ultimately Savitri brings back unconditionally Satyavan upon earth. So this is the three stories and Savitri is of course the ultimate. But all three are tales of love. And seen one way, even other two poems, Ahana and uh, Ilion, they can be understood as tales of love. In fact, in all of them, the common thread is love. Ilion's story is about love of Paris and Helen, which leads to the great war. In fact, in Ilion, Priam says that till now people have fought war for lands. First time we will fight war for love. Then Ahana the asuras trying to, or the seekers, uh, trying to forcibly bring down delight upon earth. And she says, no, it won't happen like that. You have to first be purified. Then Shama will come and there will be dance and ras and love and delight upon earth. Baji Prabhu is love of a very different kind. Love of a man for the nation. So if you look at all these narratives, you will see the undercurrent of love. Then we come to Vikram Urvashi, where we will read... Vikram Urvashi is the name of the poem, narrative given by Kalidas. Sri Aurobindo has only used the word Urvashi. 
So we will read that part. What happens after she leaves away? Now that story is very dramatic. They live happily hereafter. But Indra knows she has to come back and the conditions have been set. So at a point of time, suddenly Indra and the gods, they steal the rams just to complete the story. So she loves the rams so much. Now this is a story. You can't have too many people loving. No, she, has, she loves him or the rams <laughs> to make a choice. But she's already given a condition. Rams, my rams. Huh? So she loves the rams. She said, tells him, Pururava, that look here, look here. They are stealing. So Pururavas gets up. And he runs after the rams, but they manage to steal. So first condition is broken. But when he comes back, he has rushed because Urvashi has asked him to protect. So he even doesn't care to wear the clothes. He takes his sword and goes. And as he comes and stands in front of Urvashi, there is a lightning, which is of course Indra's creation. And the two see each other without any clothes, undressed. Now this is impossible for a heavenly maiden and or a heavenly, either way as you put it, and an earthly being. To live in each other's company in this way. This is not acceptable because neither can the human flesh bear that intensity of love. That's the main narrative behind it. The, the, the uh, basic idea behind it. That heavenly love cannot stream and course through human veins. Because human veins cannot bear it. See we can bear only up to a certain point. So they are separated. So what happens after the separation? We will read only that part because it's a very long poem. It almost runs into 45 pages. So this last part is when Pururavaz is very much distraught that she has gone away and he is moving around like literally like a love mad human being. And he, his mother is none else but the goddess Ila. So she appears before him and she starts, you know, after all a mother. She says, O son, I knew thy steps afar as he is going to meet his mother. That mother, I am, you know, when you are in a state of distress, whom do you think of? Mother, so he goes to the mother, says, I, I know what you are going through. But then he tells, she tells him something very interesting. That I had planned a destiny for you. And I had filled your life with the strength of the immortals. And the destiny was to redeem earth. You alone could do it. And you have done your work. But then he says... What golden joys, how, what living passions, what immortal tears. I lift the veil that hides the immortal. Ah, my lids faint. Ah, the veil was lovelier. My flowers wither. Oh, my own son, Pururavas, I fall by thy vast failure from my dazzling skies. That I had filled you with all these earthly things, which you will lose them. You will lose them for the immortal joy, which is only once. I see that's what in earth we experience many shades. There you are happily hereafter. She says, I had filled you with all these colors and she describes them. And marble aspiration to sing, sing sweetly of lovers and the palms of wealth and wine and warm delights and warm desires and earth. Of course, this wine is the joy, the delight of existence. So she says, now you have abandoned it and I fall. And Ila's son made answer, O white-armed, O mother of the Aryans of my life, creatress, fate's colossal overrule. He says, I know. I too came with this mission. 
But I never knew that how destiny has taken turn. You know, Kalidas immortalizes it very beautifully, translated by Shirobindo. So when Keshi comes and tries to take away Urvashi by force, and Pururava saves her, so all the friends who are there, all these Menaka and Ramba and all that, they say, "Oh my God, what a disaster! What a disaster! This giant came." She says, "No, no, no it's the most beautiful thing that has happened to my life. Why? Because Pururava has found me." Imagine how he brings the sringar. He, he says it's worth it because at the end of the day, I I have seen this hero. She is always after earthly beings because she sees in earthly beings a possibility which is not found on earth. She says, "Ki no, no, it's not a disaster. It's the sweetest thing that has happened in my life." When you read it and read with that touch of uh, you know beauty of love. But lo, I wander like a wave, nor find limit to the desire that wastes my soul. He says, my desire has grown limitless. I just can't, you know, uh, manage it. Then she says, his mother, oh, strong immortal. So what she does is, first she makes him an immortal. She opens the door of the limitless beyond, infinity. And then she says, then to the hero deified the goddess. He has become now a deity. He has become now a god. So these are called demigods who are humans but they grow into gods. O strong immortal, now pursue thy joy. You deserve it. So he says, Ki, like it's not something which you are not like the demons who are trying to forcibly uh, you know, kidnap someone. Yet first rise up the peaks of Kailash. There the mighty mother sits whose sovereign voice shall ratify to thee thy future fast. Said and caressed his brow with lips divine. Look at this marvel of, you know, Shubindu's words. He not used the word kissed. Caressed his brow with lips divine. Look at these soft touches of Shubindu. And bright Pururavas rose up the hill towards the breathless summits. Thence enshrined in deep concealing glories came a voice and clearer he discerned as one whose eyes long cognizant of darkness coming forth grow gradually habituated to light. He has moved into realms of intense light. The calm compassionate face, the heaven white brow, who's of the mother in sitting in Kailash, she is regarded as the, uh, you know, Shakti in, in traditional literature the calm compassionate face the heaven wide brow and the robust great limbs that bear the world prophetical and deep her voice came down thou then hast failed <laughs> look at the power of these words thou then hast look how he has changed the meaning of you know apsara coming and the failure and the fall this is another kind of fall and failure where the mission for which his soul is born that could not be accomplished. Thou then hast failed, bright soul, but God blames not, nor punishes. Impartially he deals to every strenuous spirit its chosen reward. And since no work, However maimed, no smallest energy added to the mighty sun of action fails of its exact result. Even a smallest good you have done to earth reaps its reward. And Pururava is, you know, says ki, 
it's not that today you have suddenly you have fallen you know for a heavenly limp means suddenly you will be punished or regarded as a failure no that's not how the god looks at him so she says since no work however maimed even if it is imperfect even if it's a failure maimed no smallest energy added to the mighty sum of action fails of its exact result you'll find exact lines in synthesis where shrivindu says even the little effort that you do towards uh, climbing to the heights is not a failure it is added and the gita puts it in a very different and powerful way swalpamasya dharmasya even a little effort perhaps that's what is there in many of these stories including the jonah fark where you know somebody just threw a cross at the divine mother she noted it so even the slightest effort we must put in some people don't put effort thinking oh this is too big this is too himalayan doesn't matter a pray there is a very nice line by tulsidas he says in kaliyug what is the remedy because you are full of all these you know desires passions lust greed because it's plunging into matter which is the gar the stronghold of our these forces so they come out basically that is the reason so all these forces which are subdued in dwapar and uh, treta and satyug they come out because they are they are in the fortress in matter so the vish vishnu as the yagya purusha has entered into that to purify them see if you read the myth he comes as the yagya purusha he has to purify the most uh, you know demonic energy so they come out so tulsidas says very beautifully what you should do in uh, you know kaliyug uh, kaliyug jog na jap na gyana एक आधार नाम गुण गाना या राम गुण गाना वट एवर यू वॉन्ट टू पुट इट एंड देन ही से एक घड़ी या दो घड़ी आधों में पुनियाद तुलसी संगति साधु की करे कोट हरे कोटी अपराध इवन इफ यू डोंट गेट ए होल डे एक घड़ी या दो घड़ी वन और टू मोमेंट्स घड़ी इज नॉट मोमेंट घड़ी इज लाइक यू नो यू हैव द फुल साइकिल प्रहर आधों में पुनियाद इवन इफ यू हैव क्वार्टर फिफ्टीन मिनट्स तुलसी संगति साधु की हरे कोटि अपराध इफ समी थिंग्स इट जस्ट अ फेबल शुभिंदो स्पीक्स ऑफ दिस इन एस स्टोरी द आइडियल ऑफ फॉरगिवनेस सो देयर विश्वमित्र वांट्स टू बिकम ए ऋषि लाइक वशिष्ठ ब्रह्म ऋषि सो यू नो ब्रह्म ऋषि वशिष्ठ एल्सिम यू गो एंड टेक लेसन फ्रॉम शेषनाग ही विल गिव यू मेक यू अ ब्रह्म ऋषि सो ही गोज टू शेषनाग एंड सेज दैट मेक मी आई वॉन्ट टू बिकम ब्रह्म ऋषि वट शुड आई डो He says, "Okay, tell me what you have done." He says, "Lot of tapasya." Okay, fine. With your tapasya, can you stop the earth? He says, "Yes, of course." So, earth is released, and he says, "All my tapasya I throw to stop this earth. It doesn't stop." He says, "Now, do you have some miraculous powers?" He says, "Yes. Try to stop. See, the earth is reeling. He tries. He cannot stop. Now there is chaos going on." So, Seshnak says, "Okay, uh, have you ever been in just a few moments company of somebody who is truly?" spiritually you know high so he says i don't know but i was in vasist company ha think of that moment when you were with vasist and the moment he recalls the earth stops so seshnak tells him fool by remembering his company the earth can stop and you have come to me for gyana <laughs> then he goes and falls at his feet the story of course is remarkable that you know sense of forgiveness all these things are found on earth because of the psychic being and its presence you know people who can forgive and you know go past this because of the presence of the psychic being and the company of the holy people not holy i mean looks wise holy not with a long beard and a, you know girva vastra but holy means inside not nothing to do with outside <laughs> 
<laughs> so truly holy so that's that, that company itself tulsi sangati sadhuki so even the slightest energy slightest effort is not wasted that's what the divine mother is reminding puravas that even the slightest effort is taken into account so what is the result of what he has done empire cell in thy line and forceful brain persist the boundless impulse towards rule of grandiose souls perpetually recur and minds immense and personalities with battle and with passion and with storm shall burn through aryan history the speech of ages why because he has conquered the three worlds he has always fought against the demons and conquered for the gods he has the humility he says in your entire lineage you will have great warriors great personality minds immense see entire that's the lineage in which you have all these shantanu bharat and subsequently the pandavas and the kauravas i mean they were all tremendous powerful kings and noble also in many ways in thy line the spirit supreme shall bound existence with one human form in mathura and ocean dwarka man earthly perfectibility of soul so they will be ultimately bound to krishna and you know in one of the narrative it is said that ultimately this whole lineage which was started by uh, puravas was absorbed by krishna because you know that's a tremendous lineage which goes till dwapar example son of the line and eulogist eulogist the vast clear poet of the golden verse whose song shall be as wide as in the world so he says that your what you have done your lineage will reap the reward of it for generations and generations till they are absorbed by shri krishna who will ultimately you know that's what we see that entire kaurava pandava they all die and only parikshit is left but all by huge self will or violence marred now this comes why because somewhere at the end his self will that little bit of my desire my wish to be happy of passionate uncontrolled if pure their work by touch of later turbulent hands unsphered or fames by legend stained says that the only thing is that desire has stained somewhere all his efforts so now this will also bear the fruit so the fruit will be that they will be great their fame their prowess in battle their minds immense but they will be stained by this desire and the ambition which will eventually lead to the kind of ruin so see one man's that's why should be that one place writes in savitri once one man's perfection still can save the world so this is that some people carry on their shoulder destiny pururavas is a man of destiny he carried on his shoulders the destiny for earth upon my heights breathing god's air strong as the sky and pure dwell only ikshvaku's children destined theirs heaven's perfect praise earth's soul unequaled song but thou oh ilas son take up thy joy says you wanted hereafter i will see the difference savitri gets satyavan again conjugal love but she says that not for myself this is the last test that is given to her 
I want to do your work, but for your work I need his soul, our sacred charge. And that makes the difference. Because in the end, he says in Savitri, the Supreme, he tells her that because you have refused my meaningless calm, therefore I send him and I yoke you for my works in time. For thee in sweet Gandharva world eternal, rapture and clasp unloosed of Urvashi, till the long night when God asleep shall fall, till the pralaya. And then, you know, in the narrative, it is shown that when Pururavas goes, all are welcoming him, come, come. But he is so much in love with Urvashi, even that moment, he says, I am not come for all this. I have been enough times in Indra's court. I have sat there. I have been with the immortals. They don't interest me. But only my love, Urvashi. So that's how it goes. And as he goes there, Such joy through all its patient sails, from ocean into ocean, erring new, such joy through all its patient sails at sight, of final heaven near as the tried heart of earth's successful son at that fair goal. Towards the gates he hastened, and one bright with angel face who at those portals stood, cried down, We wait for the Pururavas. Now you see the difference again with Savitri. Savitri, when she is going near her soul, these immortal beings, gods come, and they mingle with her. She for a while mingles and says, No, I am not here only for you. I am in search of my soul. And then they point toward the source of the great world's winding pathways. So in this narrative, we see that how Shurabindo ultimately the work on earth is the dearest to God. That's what we see even in Savitri time and again. Then to his hearing musical... The hinges called, he beheld the subtle faces, looked down on him and the crowd of luminous forms and entered to immortal sound of liars. As he's entering now, you know, it's like, oh, the great king has come, he has joined our company, elitist group, club. But you see the tragic note through all this. This is how Shurabindu can mix two very different emotions. This is a matter of great joy. And this is also a matter of great tragedy. And see how he is mixing them. Up through the streets a silver cry went on. Before him of high instruments. From all the winds the marvelous musician pressed. To welcome that immortal lover. One whose pure line brows aerial wore by right. Fairy authority stood from the crowd. O Ila's son far framed. Far famed Pururavas destined to joys by mortals all unhoped. Move to thy sacred glories as a star into its destined place. Shine over us here greatest as upon thy greener earth. He says just as you have ruled the earth come here. Here also we are giving you the same heights of glory. And they have reserved a place for him. A place you know where there is no sorrow, no grief. Everything is beautiful. If you read uh, and the description of this place is there in paradise of the life gods. And Shubhinda says, the giant drops of the bliss that build the worlds. He feels. And it's like immortal energies. They encircle you. There is no grief. There is no, you know, everything is beautiful and wonderful. But it's a bit too perfect for human strength, which is born to fight against darkness and bring there the light. So this is the difference. 
They through the thrilling regions musical led him and marvelled at him and praised with song his fair sublimity of form and brow and warlike limbs and grace heroical. Oh, Purrava, how great are you! Your limbs, your brow, and all his deeds are being sung. See the ambition. It is this that destroyed the lineage. This also went inside his lineage. Great though they were, he hid not. For all his soul was straining with expectation of a near delight. His eyes that sought her ever beheld a wall of mighty trees, and where they arched to part, those two of all their sisters brightest rise. One blithe as is a happy brook, the other with her grave smile, and each took a strong hand in her soft clasp and led him to a place. Now you see why is Shubhendu describing all this? This is called perfection. And you'll see this throughout in Shubhendu. This is the perfect perfection. Even the smallest details, we sometimes feel it's not important. What is there to be done? Just you know, ascetic tendencies. No, we <laughs> look at the perfection. He's not describing that he went there and suddenly he saw Urvashi and they were happily united ever after. Now two of them come. They hold his hand and take him. There is a wall of trees and there is a little parting through which they are taking him distinct mid fairy leaved ethereal trees and magic banks and sweet low curves of hill and over all the sunlight like a charm there by a sounding river downward thrown from under low green curtaining boughs was she just marvel at this lines you know Shobindo just the sheer beauty the Shingar Ras. Look at this description. I will read again. He is meeting, going to meet Urvashi. First he entered the gates. Then he is hearing the songs, the lyres, his fame, everything. He leaves it aside, goes straight to where Urvashi is. Then there are two maidens who come. They hold his hand. There is a ball of trees and there is a little parting. And where does he go? Distinct mid Fairy leaved ethereal trees, there are trees, and magic banks, and sweet low curves of hills, and over all the sunlight like a charm. There, by a sounding river downward thrown, from under low green curtaining boughs was she. What a detailed description. There is a river, and so visual. That's why Kavi is called as he is a form maker, he creates. He can create the whole image in front of us. Mute she arose and with white quiet eyes came towards him. In their immortal looks was a deep feeling too august for joy. Now see the way he is describing. They experience joy? No. Too august for joy. You don't have a name for it but Shirvinda gives a name. It's too high. He has abandoned everything for the sake of somebody he loves. And he has deserved her through all this long labor. This sense that all eternity must follow. One perfect moment. Then that comrade bright with slow grave smile. Oh, after absence wide. Who meet and shall not sunder anymore. Till slumber of the supreme. Strong be your souls to bear unchanging rapture. Strong you were by patience. To compel unwilling gods. So he has compelled even the gods of fate. So here again we see one man's will compelling the gods of fate. And they were left alone in that clear world. 
Then all his soul towards her leaning took Pururavas into his clasp and felt seriously glad the golden bosom on his of Urvasi, his love, so pressing back the longed for secret phase, lingering, he kissed. Then love in his sweet heavens was satisfied. Love was waiting for such a moment. <laughs> Just imagine. Oh, they will come once a lover from earth. <laughs> he will fill heaven with this longing. But the last two lines. But far below, through silent, mighty space, the green and strenuous earth abandoned, rolled. So, is it a tragic story or is it a story of love finding its union? This is the beauty of Shirobindo. He has mixed two very different and he has given the highest love is not found on earth in our ignorance that we understand. It's not even found on heaven in that union. But after discovering the highest love there, come back upon earth and manifest that love in embodied human beings. This is what we see in Nalini Das' later writings. Manusir Bhajan, to love man. Why? Because celestial beings, Nalini Das describes it very beautifully. He says, why celestial love is here only for a term? So he says, because the moment it comes to earth, it sees turbulence. It sees, particularly says, the grip of jealousy. So in Pururava's original story, this is a big problem. The moment Urvashi comes, he sees that she is surrounded by jealousies. So everybody is jealous, everybody is jealous. So heavenly love cannot live in that atmosphere. So possessiveness, jealousy, that those kind of things are not known in the celestial world. So here is the challenge. There it's not there. So it's fine. All of them see they are very happy leading Pururavas to Urvashi. Nowhere once they why oh such a wonderful hero. If only we could also you know have his company. Nothing like that. But on earth you experience all the things that come through ego and desire. And that's why here it is to create heaven. So we have these three levels of love. One is the ignorant human. When we are in ignorance, ego and desire. That's obviously doomed to failure. The other is the celestial, where rarely human beings can ascend. If they have lived life, you know, with that warrior spirit battled against the night, it's not given just like that. If you have battled against the night, conquered the inner demons, subdued desire, human desire of that kind, of a, you know, uh, human kind, then you rise to the purified desire, which we find in the Gandharv Lok and the, uh, you know, the paradise. So there you have a choice. You can live there for whatever time till pralaya or kayamat wala din. That's the story of this. You know, Hurein is actually referring to that. But it's all now completely twisted by the tail. Jihad has become not inner war. It has become, you know, fighting all the innocent people, destroying them. But jihad literally means if you have fought an inner war and you have conquered darkness, then you deserve the Joys of heaven. Basically, in simple terms, it means that. But uh, now, obviously, the Asura who sits over the throne of once whatever may have been of Islam has twisted it completely out of That's what Asura does always. It uh, twists a subtle truth into something very gross and destroys it. So that's how it has been destroyed. But originally, if you see Jihad and the Hur, it means very simply that if you have battle against the night in your earthly life, 
then you deserve its seat in heaven and the joys of heaven. But with Islam, it ends there. You live there till the Qiyamat wala din. But in Indian thought, the Rishis went beyond that heaven. They went to Swarlok and they went further to the Maharlok and they found the door of final escape. So all that comes much later. So joys of heaven are still transient. But ultimate love is to create heaven here. In embodied beings to manifest something of that glory of the love which is found only on what is uh, beautiful about heavenly love. There is no jealousy, there is no such thing. So they, are, they live happily ever after. There is no grief, there is no torment, there is no trouble. They are always united. They don't experience separation. So, but here you have pain of all. Why separation? Because the human body, you know, it is limited. Even when two people are together, they cannot be together all the time. And yet to build heaven here, and not just for an individual joy, but to labor under the stars for the great earth, is the big task or the divine task which has been bequeathed to man. Namaste.